0: I have got a funny story to start with, and I heard about this man who was walking on the beach talking to God, praying, and God said, son, you have been so faithful that I will grant you one special wish. He was so excited. I said, God, I've always wanted to go to Hawaii, 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 and I'm so afraid to fly, so my wish is that you would build me a bridge across the ocean. God says, son, that is totally impossible. Think of the logistics of this. (laughs) Take some time now and try and wish again. He said, okay, God, I have been married several times and all my ex-wives say that I'm so insensitive. So my wish would be to be able to understand a woman. I want to know why they think the way they think and why they feel the way they feel. There was a long pause, and God says, do you want two lanes or four lanes on this bridge? <laughs> who can understand women? I'm seriously. I mean, who can understand a woman, you know? So so good. Uh, to, uh, today I'm doing a two-part series, not a series, two-part talk. I want to start now and then finish tonight. So you can come back tonight if you want to. Some of you will be, but it's a two-part talk if you like it's called the pra- I was going to say the power of prayer this is the power of prayer but I've called it the other way around I've called it prayer is power yeah. Prayer is power and what we're going to do is we're going to read a discourse here in the Sermon on the Mount Jesus talked about prayer a lot of times um, and this is one of the biggest longest uh, discourses in the area of prayer so let's stand together I think we should re- read it together right so at least you read some Bible this week huh you know There we go, Matthew 6. Let's pray very loud and nice and strong and believe it. Here we go, verse 5. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the strongest of the streets, that they may be seen by men and women. Assuredly, I say to you, they have received the Lord. But you, when you pray, go into your room. When you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will hear heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows... Ask Him. Well done. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. But deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Lord, may you bless this word. You may be seated. And we're going to talk about prayer is power. There's so much prayer and power for his kingdom to come into your life, into your situation, into your family, into your business, and every part of your life. Now, my own testimony, even in the last half year, has been quite a shift uh, of the situation. <laughs> I'm going to do this A shift of the situation because um, I, I decided to actually take this literally. I actually said, Jesus, you say in verse six, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, Pray to your father who's in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. There's been quite a transformation in my life going to the secret place and to to learn to abide there and to sit long in the five minutes. Um, It's not that easy for my personality to sit there. Um, But the thing is, though, I've come to love that place. It's my secret place. It's my loving place. It's my place with my daddy the Holy Spirit and Jesus, and I have the, I have a bowl in this place, you know. It's just amazing. I don't want to get out of this place, you know. And the thing is, it's really change, transforming and changing my life. See, if we don't plug into the power source in the secret place, then we will have no change in our lives, through our lives, all the stuff that we are believing for, all the things that we are going after, what God wants to go after in our lives. There is actually a direct correlation between your prayer life and the effectiveness of your life, the peace and the joy you walk into, the purity you walk into, and everything part of your life. You know, really, when the secret place, when, you, when your prayer life is powerful, the spiritual climate around your heart and around your life will be really, really powerful and will start to change. And it's really, really awesome. And that's been happening even in my life See, the Bible reveals uh, if we don't pray, then God won't move. If we don't pray, then God won't move. You say, well, God is sovereign. He can do anything. Yes, He can. And God will sometimes do things sovereignly. Actually, many times He'll do sovereignly things in your life and through our lives, in our churches, business, whatever. And we have no idea what He's doing. But we see in Scripture that normally in Scripture, both Old and New Testament, we see that God has limited His intervention upon our natural circumstances in our lives, upon our spiritual engagement, upon our prayers, and upon our intercession. It's like A precursor to what God wants to do. Any revival in the world that has ever been, it's always been months, years, 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 sometimes decades of prayer as a precursor. Relationship with God has always been to be able to see a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Prayer is power, and prayer always releases something. It always starts with prayer. And so, if we want to see a move in our lives personally, if we want to see a move in our city, our nation, in our world, then we need to pray and so God is calling us into prayer it's happening worldwide it's really amazing what's happening all around the globe because the Holy Spirit is sturning, stirring 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 and stirring but every time I have a stir- every time I make up new new words are you aware of this it's a gift of the Holy Spirit giving to me that he gets I have a new word called stirring. anybody know what stirring is Stirring, not stirring that was meant to happen Stirring. It's from the Lord, sterning. Pray in these things. See, God, God, if we don't pray, he won't move. See, the thing is, though, he is chosen to be in partnership with us. He works in partnership with you and with me. Last, time, last week I talked with house for the House on sowing and reaping. Same principles. He gives the seed. He gives the principles. Then we take the seed and we sow it. There's always a partnership. He will not do anything if you don't sow that seed. You will not see a harvest. It's not going to happen. So there's always a partnership that God does with us. Same as the promises of God. Every promise of God in Christ Jesus is yes. And we say the amen. There's always a response. There's always a faith. There's always a thank you very much. There's always a leaning in to the promises of God. Otherwise otherwise the promises stay there, but they don't affect your life at all. It's amazing and sometimes in the grace culture you say oh god's given us everything every spiritual blessing every. yes it has everything is given to you through christ everything through his finished work but everything is received by faith and by intercession and by contending we don't have to do anything anymore really where is that he doesn't have to do anything more. no that's fine but we do it's not about performance it's about leaning in and about seeing see the fulfillment of what he has given to us the fulfillment and the manifestation of his stuff into our lives amen So James 4, 2 says, you do not have because you do not ask God. It's very simple, really. I mean, you can't get more clear, right? Or even the uh, Gospels of John, John, Jesus six times, he says, listen, you ask me and I will do. For example, John 14, 14. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I will do it. I was thinking the other day, you know, even when, when God said to Jesus, he says, ask of me and I will give you nations as your inheritance this is Jesus having to ask his heavenly father hey I thought Jesus got everything well he did but the thing is though there's a contending there's a faith there's a receptionist the receptivity receptivity of Jesus in this way James 5 says this the prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective you know Often we do a lot of doing in our own strength. And even in the last resort, (laughs) Jesus, please help me. You know, at the end of the whole thing, we can do it in our own strength. We think we are so awesome, which we are. But the thing is, though, is sometimes we need to have prayer. And so at the last resort, we said, Lord, we want you involved in my life. See, prayer should be our first priority and not our last priority. Response or our last resort. First, we go to Jesus. Prayer is the first thing we do, and not the last thing we do. See, God limits his interfe- inter- inter- <laughs> God limits his interventions to our intercession and to our prayer. So if we want things to intervene in our life, if we want things to happen in our life, it is according to what we do in the secret place and also in the public place in the sense of prayer. Pray, pray, pray. God limits his power to our prayer. The more we pray, the more power we have. I heard a story the other day about a church that started with 30 people, and within three years, they had close to 500 people. There was a mighty move of God in this thing. They prayed every day with the people. They were so passionate about prayer, so thumb. And what happened was something happened in the church. I don't know the details of the church. And for 18 months, they stopped praying, and the whole thing went down. No growth, nothing. And I thought, wow, what a powerful, powerful example of how prayer stirs Power stirs the revival, stirs the harvest, stirs God's heart. And with prayer is power, things start happening. But without it, we're up a creek without a pedal, yeah. right? Yeah. That's the way it is. And so God is, you know, God is totally committed to fulfilling his purpose in our lives and through our lives and his covenant. But he does it with us in partnership with his creation. Yeah. And so sometimes we think, Lord, Why don't you do stuff at the moment? Why is life so hard? Why why are are these things not happening in our lives? God, you know. He says, yes, I do know. Because he does know. But James says, you have not because you asked not. So why are we not asking God to intervene in this way? Albert Einstein once said, uh, what was there left for an original dissertation on research? And he responded, study prayer. We haven't discovered the full potential of prayer the greatest resource we have from heaven is the power of prayer it has unlimited potential in and through our lives and so god is inviting us onto this into this joyful happy happy intercessor happy and delight happy journey of relationship with Him, of prayer and worship, declaration, and all the good things that we do with Him in order that we can see a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our own lives and also through our lives. Amen? So if you look at Jesus, what does it look like to have this prayer life? Now, I want you to see this. He says, first of all, in Matthew 6, 5, and when you pray... And then he says it again later on in, uh, I think, verse 8 or something. He says, and when you pray. So, there's no option. It's when you pray, not if you pray, right? So, it's not if you pray. It's not when you get around to praying. It's not when I remember to pray. It is actually when you pray. Which is assuming that all of us Christians need to develop a lifestyle of prayer and not some afterthought or even an exception in this way. Prayer is not an event. Now, of course, it is an event in the sense that we go to a prayer meeting. That's an event because it's the prayers coming together. But prayer starts in the secret place. Prayer is a lifestyle of the believer in your life. And the more you start praying, the more you start worshiping, the more you start leaning into the Holy Spirit, the more you have the heart of God, the more you see His ways, not my ways he's so much higher than his ways are so much higher than my ways and when you start actually for the frequency of heaven instead of your own frequency which has really let you down all your life anyway come on let's be really honest when we try to do stuff in our own strength it doesn't work that frequency let's get over that one let's go for the frequency of heaven in our lives because this actually works we need to simply pray A.W. Tozer said this the secret to prayer you know what it is to pray 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 just to make it today. Yeah. We gotta pray yeah. in these things. Yeah. So we just gotta stop thinking to make it today. I gotta even notice song. <laughs> <laughs> Leave him on a prayer. I know that one. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's so? <laughs> <laughs> They need to live on a prayer. They actually say the right things. They don't live the right things, most likely, but they don't. But they need to live on a prayer. For so many of us, prayer is still a last resort instead of a first response or first priority in this way. We cannot wait till the crisis in your life comes, in your marriage, in your business, with your family, with your kids, in whatever situation. And then suddenly you go on your knees. Oh, Lord, help me. No, no, no. What you have to do is prepare for this. I prepare for this every day. There's nothing happening right now except my daughter trying to have a baby. You know, I pray for this all the time, you know. So it's awesome like this. But my life is already in a secret place. I already pray for all the stuff for a long time. Since he was, since he was pregnant, he's been covered by Jesus' blood. Every day we pray for her. Every day. Every day. Not when the crisis comes. Every day. And I know that God will honor our prayers because of we've done this in the secret place in this way. Oh, we need to first develop a lifestyle of prayer, I tell you. It's amazing how disciplined we can be for the things we want. I was thinking about Anna again. You know, the thing is though, she's a fitness freak. She's <laughs> so, a trainer, trainer. The thing is what we want. Oh, we want, to, we want to have like a slim whatever you want. You want to lose weight, right? Oh, every day we're going to eat well and we're going to train well. And we go, oh, it's amazing what people can get up for, you know, for that kind of stuff. You know, 6 a.m., I remember in the whole, in the whole training for, for, for sports, I remember my kids, you know, they're sitting in the back there, uh, jo- Jonathan and Fabian, also David, earlier on. I mean, I had to take them to basketball at 6 a.m. Because they want to play for New Zealand, you know, so I got to train for 6 a.m. before school. So you must be blaming kidding me. But I did it. How dumb can you get? <laughs> I did it because of love. I did it because of love, because they had a purpose. They want to play for New Zealand And so they want to study hard and they play hard and they go and they're committed and they're disciplined in this life. It's amazing what we can be disciplined for, for something we want, but so undisciplined for something that we actually need. Because at that time when they were doing this, it was not like, yeah, fine, I'm already awake anyway. I'm in a secret place. You want me to take you? Take me 15 minutes. I'm going back to my secret place. No, I went back to bed. (laughs) What kind of pastor is that? (laughs) Fire me. That's ridiculous. I mean, we're up already. Why would I go back to bed, you know? I was not in that space at all. Now, if we do it again, guys, I would actually go into a secret place. Actually, I would say, you're disturbing me. Can we go a little bit earlier? Because I want to be there at 6 o'clock. So we go at quarter to 6, right? I would do that right now. It's totally different things in my life right now. Come on, discipleship means also discipline. It's in the Word. <laughs> Where's discipline going to the church? Oh, I go to church once in three weeks. Why? Why? In early church, every day. Now, okay, once a week, then, Sundays, only one service. Okay, when we were growing up, Catherine and I, we went every day, morning and evening. We would not dream to miss it. We didn't want to miss anything that God was doing in the people's lives. We always wanted to position ourselves for more. We always wanted to be in his presence. There's nothing like his presence. But now, I don't know, is that the woke? Culture, is it the rogue culture? What kind of culture is this? The undisciplined life of Christians in many different things, of going to church, going to giving money, Everything. It's so undisciplined. And I believe discipline, discipleship, sonship is all about discipline, divine alignment, divine order in our lives in order for these things to work well. So what happens is when we are not disciplined, then we are undisciplined lives, then everything goes down. Your love for God goes down. Everything goes down. And so I'm calling you back to disciplined life. I'm calling me I'm calling me back to a disciplined life. And it's blimmin' hard. It's blimmin' hard. But I tell you, it works with the vision. If you don't have a vision. See, if I tell you that your life will depend on this prayer meeting, you'll be there. You'll be there. If you really knew that that's going to change your life or change your business or change your relationship or change this, you'll be there. But what if I tell you it is? I mean, the prayer meeting before church is fine. I mean, I'm not trying to be tough on you guys, but it's very lovely. And Joyce said, come on, man, Michelle, we're doing this thing right together. And it's like five people, you know, it's great. But I've asked you now for two years, guys, why don't you come half an hour earlier to church and go and pray? Nobody except for these guys. I'm sorry, guys, that's not how we're going to change the world. You can't do that. A prayer meeting on a Thursday. Well, we had 12 people. That's really cool. Last last uh, Thursday, we had a beautiful prayer meeting here at church at 50 people. Guys, we should be 200 people. Here, this, I'm for you, Jesus. I don't care about Netflix. I don't care about my soccer thing, whatever you're doing, other things. I'm going to be here for you because you are my only hope. Prayer is going to work in my life, in our church. That's how we do this. That kind of mentality, where is it gone? We're not talking about every day we're doing it. We could be doing. Is that what we need to do? Maybe that's what we need to do. We do it every day. Maybe every day. Maybe it's easier. By the way, we're going to do it every day. You know what we're going to do? By the way, just as a side note, is we're going to have a time of consecration, one week of prayer and fasting, starting the Monday after the fiesta. So it's going to be feasting here on Saturday and like woo, and on Monday we're fasting, feasting and fasting in the kingdom of God, right? And on that Monday we're going to fast for a week. Why well, not necessarily food, but anything you want to do. Fast. We're going to feast. Every week, like 21 days, we're going to prayer meetings here for one hour. could be longer. Maybe God turned up. Maybe. But the thing is, in at least one hour, we're going to commit ourselves to going Monday, Tuesday, up to Sunday. It's called a time of consecration before the Lord. And I tell you, man, it's been so, so pumping in my heart that we need to have times of consecration. Consecration means set apart. We need to have times that we set apart ourselves for the kingdom of God and for our own lives in every way. Amen? Oh, man, God wants us to be rooted and established in his own life. And when we are rooted and established in God's intimacy, in in God's space, particularly through the secret place where you're alone with him, then it's amazing what starts happening in your life, in your heart, and through your life. And I want this. When the storms of life come and you're prepared, then you are like a house built on the rock, on the rock Jesus Christ. He says, to is going to bother you, things, because Jesus says, in this world you have trouble, but I've overcome the world. So the, over, the overcomer lives in you anyway, right? So he's powerful. But actually, when you start praying, when you're in the secret place, when you have this relationship with God, even the storms of heaven, your house is not built on sand, on your own little ideas of life and what you're trying to figure out, but then your life is built on the immovable, unshakable rock of all ages, Jesus Christ. And then when things come, yeah, they may be hard, but you are still strong. And you say, I'm not going to let the devil take my kids. I'm not going to let the devil take my whatever. And you'll be able to fight because you're a warrior. And you're not like whimpering around and think, I don't know what to do. No, because you're actually in the presence of God. You know who you are. You know whose you are. And that's what makes you powerful. That's why prayer is power. <laughs> prayer is power. So many times for us, prayer is a panic, panic button. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Panic button instead of the fuel the fuel line to the front lines of our lives in World War II, the U-boats of the Nazis they would target the supply vessels in the harbor in the uh, not in the harbor in the in the sea because they knew if I we take out the supply line and stop supplies going for food and ammunition and guns and support and love and care and whatever to, the, to to the to the soldiers the battle would stop well I'll tell you somebody's trying to stop your supply line there's an enemy of our soul who loves to stop your supply line and the problem is we're helping him we're helping him the first thing, come on, be honest. The first thing that goes often in our lives is prayer, intimacy, worship with God. I'm too busy, Lord. I really have to go to that meeting, and God says, "Well, if you worship me first, I'll take care of the meeting." No, 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 no. We go on our own strength. We go to the meeting, muck it up again because you're so tired and you're so stressed and everything else. Instead of just taking half an hour early, and get up, say, "Lord, darling, I'm not going to go to bed at 10:30, t- 10 o'clock, because I got to get up half an hour earlier because I need to be with Jesus." And there you go into this meeting. And you're walking there with the hand of the great I am. Whoa. Went to the meeting and God will take care of the rest. That's just how it works. That's how it works. That's how it works. Fight. We have a spiritual battle. Come on, first things first. The pressures of life, we should not stop our quiet time in the secret place of those things. We are waging war. There's a war waging. in. Again, it's not flesh and blood, it says in Ephesians 6. We are waging, waging war about principalities and strong powers. Now, the angels are with us. I get this. But there is a war going on, right? We cannot fight this war in your own strength. you got to be armored by God. That's why he says, put on the armor of God, which is not armor of God, which is not this talk today but it is implied that it is good for you <clears throat> to put the armor of God into your life because you will be able to stand, it says at the end of Ephesians. Stand, when you put on Jesus, all the armor is Jesus, when you put on Jesus, but some of us don't even put on Jesus. We get out of bed and we slug to the bathroom and we get into the car and we go to work and whatever we do and every day we do the same thing again and, and there's no impartation of the Holy Spirit in the secret place and you love him so much and he empowers you, he loves you, he strengthens you, he gives you peace, he gives you joy oh i can do so much through him because in the joy of the lord is our strength and he gives us a peace that passes all understanding and blah 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 that's where we're supposed to live from but we don't we're too busy what are you busy with what are you so busy with kids i know kids i'll be busy with my grandkids too soon i already am but queenstown's a bit further away What are you so busy with? Are you really too busy for God? And so I want to challenge you in the same way I challenge myself. I'm not going to say anything if I don't live it myself. I want to ask you the question, are you too busy for God? Prayer is the air we breathe. You pray all the time. You don't stop praying ever. 1 Thessalonians says here, Rejoice in the Lord always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. So never stop rejoicing, never stop praying, never stop thanking Jesus in the good and the bad times. Hello? And more in the bad times. You need to thank Him more and praise Him more. Because this is the will of God for your life. Why? Because He knows when you start focusing on Him, when you start praising, even in my bad situation, even in struggles, even in, wow, I so hard, Lord, then come in the opposite spirit. Say, Jesus, I don't understand, but you are worthy of all praise. And you are unshakable. I'm in the kingdom of God that is so powerful. And I want to bless your name and give you praise. And when we start doing that, it's amazing how he starts to solve our problems. Yeah. We still try and do it in our own strength. The problem is that's why the church is so weak. There's no spiritual strength. And I need to repent. I'm sorry. I need to really repent. And we're quite into it. I mean, we're quite a Pentecostal church, I think, generally, right? Yeah. Check my pulse, lady. Yeah. We're seen as a Pentecostal church. I'd like a bit happy, man. If we can't be happy, if we can't be passionate about Jesus, I don't know who's going to be. I mean, then the, then the stones and the rocks will cry out. I mean, there's nobody else left. <laughs> Who are the people going to stand up and say, "Man, I'm going to make Jesus my secret place. I don't care what it costs. It could be five o'clock in the morning. I don't care." Because I know it will change everything in my life. It is the fuel line of heaven for my life. And I need to be in this place. I'm almost finished. Not really. But it's, but it's almost time to finish. I'm just, getting, I'm just getting warmed up. That was part one and part two. Believe it. Come back tonight. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> On Thursday, I really felt that God said to me, he says at the prayer meeting with Catherine and Sam uh, do, they, um, I felt God wants to increase our capacity. Our spiritual capacity, and I felt that the spiritual capacity, like in power and prayer and authority and love and joy and all this kind of stuff, that he wanted to increase this stuff. Now, this is not only going to happen in the praise time when you sit there, bah, 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 and the whole speaking tongues for half an hour. That is wonderful, and we need to do that, but it's not the only thing you need to do in a prayer meeting. This starts in your own prayer meeting. This starts with you alone with God. And I tell you, your public world is fueled by your private world. What you do in your private world will be revealed in your public world, in every situation, in everything that you do. So I suggest that we go into the secret place and find God and be happy. You know, that's where David lives. You say, why is David, why was he a man after God's own heart? The reason why is because he spent so much time in the secret place in the, with the sheep, with God, that he became one with God. There was a similar heart. That's why God says, I love this guy because he's like me. He's like me. We, we have this thing together. <laughs> huh? That's what he did all the time. He spent time with God the whole time. And that's why he could face anything. This little man, this big Amen. Because he, he nurtured his time in the Lord. He was so in union with God. See, we are already in union in our spirit with him. But the problem is, in our lives, in our minds, in our soul, there's often even no correlation here. God wants to do this kind of stuff. He is powerful, in, but sometimes in our own minds, we don't feel that they're almost the opposite to who we really are. If you want to know more about this, come to the Suns Conference. Oh, by the way, before I forget, Suns Conference, coming up, guys. We got a deal. Somebody sponsors some money. So what we can do now, you buy one ticket, get two free. Where on earth in the world do you get it? We couldn't even put it on our system. It doesn't exist. Gideon doesn't exist. Pay one, get three. Yes, because we want us to be relational. I want 300 men here. There's been a vision for us for many years. Prophetically, my own vision, the whole Gideon 300, the mighty men of David, always have 300 men here. So let's get 300 men here, boys. And women, send your men, send your sons, send your uncles, send your bosses, send anybody, please send them, because they'll be so empowered in the Holy Spirit. Amen? I'm almost done. Not really. You can play though, okay? Play something. Thanks. You know, God loves it when we delight ourselves in him. You know, this stuff is not about duty. You know, I thought for many years that prayer is duty. For me, it was duty. I didn't like it at all. I said, Lord, I don't want to pray. This is so boring. I want to go do something, you know? And he said, okay, you wait. And then he grabs me last year and I said, you sit down. Be still and know who is God, and it's not you. Oh, I absolutely start to massage my heart, Just my brokenness, start to heal me and love me. It's been such an incredible journey of love, intimacy, worship. And then everything starts to change. My desires change. I was watching a movie, and yesterday a movie, I couldn't even, I said I said Ketha, Ketha, I can't agree with one thing that this movie is doing I'm out of here and we stopped the movie not one thing I mean it was so bad not one thing I could do to say there's not righteousness anywhere so I just can't watch this I don't want to be in this whole thing I just don't want this anymore I want right I'd rather go into my secret place and worship him Just worship him now tonight I'm going to speak a bit more about the Lord's Prayer, a bit more <coughs> in details of the things. It's actually not the Lord's Prayer, it's the disciples' prayer. It can't be the Lord's Prayer, because it talks in the confession of um, sin. And of course, Jesus didn't have to confess sin, so it can't be the Lord's Prayer. It's actually not even our prayer. It's uh, because we also, uh, in the New Covenant, Jesus took all our sins away. So it's not about confession of our sins. We can thank Jesus for our sins. The New, New Covenant says, now forgive as you have been forgiven. So even that part of that of that, of that um Lord's Prayer or Disciples' Prayer is not even for us. It's got to go through the cross. Everything's got to go through the cross. But most of it is very good. It was an example prayer. It was never meant to be the Lord's Prayer, and we're going to spray this. No, it was an example prayer. These are some of the things that will be good for you to pray through. And it always starts with God, but I want you to see something. And we've seen it before, and we'll do some more tonight. It always talks about God first, what? Right? hello be your name, the Father, heart. That's where you find identity, and blah, blah, blah. There's always missions. Your kingdom come you way with the always mission. And then you come at the bottom. I'm so sorry. But that's how it's supposed to go because seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all the other things. The problem is we go for the other things and then we forget about seeking first God. Whoa, okay, I got to go the other way. That's repenting, by the way. Go the other way. You go the other way. Rementum is changing your mind. Go the other way. But I want to see something. In the same discourse here, Jesus starts not with our Father, which is actually a communal prayer anyway. He doesn't start with that. You know what he starts with? When you pray, go to your secret place. Jesus' ministry was empowered through his communion with the Father. He did all the miracles because of his communion with the Father. He lived in the secret place. He would often go in the morning early when it's dark. Here we go. When it's dark. He would go somewhere to the wilderness somewhere and he would pray. Because he would know he needs the anointing for the day. He needs that relationship for the day. He knows that three hours in his presence would help him in seconds to have breakthroughs on earth with the people that he would meet. And miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. It's not because he was just God. He was also a man. And he needed the Holy Spirit. He needed the intimacy just like we do. But I want you to see it before the... The disciples' prayer, this prayer thing that he suggested to us, was the secret place. So, the secret place is even more important than the prayer. The whole prayer thing comes out of the secret place. And so, God is drawing us into the secret place in our lives. Amen? Amen? Now I am done. The rest I'll do tonight. So, my question is will you make room for him? Will you be disciplined? he's calling you he's calling me into the secret place and it could look like uh, just a place it says in a room here I like my room I, my, my guest room is set up as a secret place and I just hide there I even lock the door I say okay, Kenneth why you lock the door I say oh, I want to be quiet I want nobody to disturb me I want to just lock the door it says here, close the door lock the door behind you and then your father who's in secret and then worship him could be in your car if you have children it's quite hard sometimes you know Find a place. Find a place somewhere, an hour a day, well, half an hour a day. Try to try start that, and then you will go for the hours later on. But try, try somewhere, people. He's drawing us into his presence. Will you intentionally seek him so that he may be found in your life? So many times we've sought his hand, but like David, he wants us to seek his heart and to seek his face, and he's calling us into the secret place. Because prayer is power. And we want to be in the fuel line of heaven which comes in that place. Holy Spirit, we worship you. We give you all praise. Lord, we say yes. We say yes, Lord, today. We say yes to this call. Jesus says, come up with me. Come up. Come up here. Come away with me. Come away with me. The whole song of songs is about coming away with me. Come away with me. And the whole powerment of life, the strength of life, lies in that place of communion, of intimacy with him. And I will make room for you. To do whatever you want to. To do whatever you want to. I'm going to make room for you. Do whatever you want to. Let's stand together. Let's read out to heaven right now. Let's say, Holy Spirit, we need you more than ever before. Lord, we will lean into your life. We'll make room into our life. we we'll make room for you, Holy Spirit. we we'll make room for your Holy Spirit. We'll go to the secret. We'll carve our time. We'll carve our time, Lord. We don't want to cut, Lord, the supply line of heaven in our lives. We don't want to cut the supply line of heaven in our lives. But we want to go after the supply line in heaven. Oh, the secret place, Lord, your place of intimacy, your place of empowerment, Come on, let's confess it together. And I will make room for you.